Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about love, and specifically, how to find love. And maybe we could start with the definition of love. So what is love from a third dimensional perspective? And what is love from the higher perspective? Sure. From a third dimensional perspective, love is more like a feeling of attachment to something or someone that is how most people experience love in 3D. Um, attachment, I think, is the best way to describe it. From the higher perspective, love is the building, unifying force of creation. Through this force is how, how things come together. So love is magnetism, pretty much, um, on the universal plane. So this is a force that magnetizes like elements to each other. It doesn't have to be like elements. Very often it is like elements. Uh, love is more powerful. It can attract the opposites as well. Mm -hmm. um, but um, basically it is the force that brings everything together, right, in the big dance of creation. So from that perspective, because it is the great, great magnetic force that brings everything together, um, you could say that it makes up a large part of the fabric of the universe. Hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. And what about, what about love between uh, two people in 3D? Is it only attachment? That's how it's being experienced now. Um, it is probably a very simplified way of explaining and when you say love between two people, um, you know, human beings are the only beings on planet Earth that are incarnate, so to say, that experience the feeling of love the way that, you know, um, that could resemble higher planes. So an animal does not experience love. It's more instinctual for them, right? Mm -hmm. um, humans experience love that could could come beyond attachment but um, to say that love is attachment is a very big generalization and whether it's romantic love or friendly love like friendship or it's love between the parent um, and a child or a child and the parent attachment means a bond so if you are in love with someone or something you create a bond with it or to it, like a bridge, right? And then you're connected to that 
which you love. So on an energetic level, it is an attachment because it's like a bridge, Hmm. right? And then there is still a variety or a range of feelings within love that somebody experiences because, you know, there is the healthy attachments that we form and the unhealthy attachments that we form, right? Huh. Interesting. So So there are degrees. Absolutely. Right. So strong, mild. It's not even, it's not even that. Yes, obviously. I mean, the, the force of magnetism, it could be light magnetism or really crazy, humongous magnetism. Right. right? Uh, So it's all of the above, but it's, um, I would say the true range of that attachment is from selfish to selfless. That is how I would describe that frequency. Um, and that range is very horizontal. So it's very 3d, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because not a lot of dimensions actually are able to experience selfish attachments. Um, you know, so actually selfish atta- attachments are the domain and, and the phenomenon of lower dimensional denser spaces. So, um, basically, you know, some of the more on the more selfless types of loves or types of attachments are the mother child relationship. That is the type of relationship where you see the most sacrifice. Uh, Would would you call it unconditional love? I wouldn't call it unconditional love. No, but I would call it selfless love. Selfless love. Yeah. Unfortunately, this planet does not experience a lot of unconditional love Mm. because there's all too many, all too much conditioning here. Right. So unconditional love is love in the absence of conditions. But this, by, by the virtue of this system, um, the, the system, the matrix, right, consists of conditions. Black is black and white is white and you're female and you're male. Like it's all conditions, right? So unconditional love is really, really hard to come by. Hmm. Is it like the highest grade of love on in the 3d world no i would say the highest would be absolute selfless love the ability to sacrifice yourself so i would say unconditional love the way that we perceive it from the higher dimensions is not attainable on planet earth oh i see i would say unconditional love is more like fifth fifth dimension and up that's when it starts to become possible at least i see so if, if you're talking about um, like the ranges of love, right? Like we were talking that there is like a, um, a spectrum that goes from selfish to selfless. So the most selfless love, which is like the higher aspect of love would be the mother-child relationship. Um, that tends to be the one that that is the one that humanity has practiced the most. Um, somewhere in the mid-range would be friendship, right? So the, the mid-range would be give and take, right? So I'm not completely selfless, I'm not completely selfish, but it's an, an energetic exchange. Whereas a mother tends to not always expect something from, from the kid. Now, of course, there are many mothers and there are many kids and there are as many relationships as there are incarnate beings, if not more, right? So 
take this all with a grain of salt. Yeah. Father-child love tends to be somewhere in the middle of the spectrum. And it is not because that is how it is meant to be in higher dimensions, but this is where the state of planet Earth currently is. Um, a lot of fathers tend to impose boundaries on their children. Um, so they, they want their children to achieve certain things. So they're actually the ones that are not so unconditional <laughs> to uh -huh. your point earlier. Right. They have a lot of attachments and that really muddies up the frequency. Now there are some great fathers on this planet, but then there are even more fathers that are not so great. So that makes fatherly love a little bit more mid range. Mm -hmm. And so is the love of a child towards a parent. It's quite conditional. Um, Hmm. Outside of maybe those very, very few instances where the child loses his parents or her parents. And that is when the most selfless love towards that parent is experienced. So no child loves their parents quite as much as the child who's lost their parents. And, um, and that is not just true for orphans. That is actually truest whenever your parent dies, you're never going to experience as much love for your parent as when they die. Oh, you, because you take it for granted. Correct. Correct. Some of the conditions get released yeah. and then you realize how good you had it actually. Oh, <laughs> right. That's bad. Yeah. And then there are other aspects of, of, of the human brain working in ways that makes you forget all the bad stuff and just hold on to the good stuff. That's why very often people forget parent-related trauma. And they'll be like, no, my parents are good. I wasn't hurt. And then you're like, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I can see all, all the unhurtness in your eyes. Anyhow. Um, and then towards the lesser, like the more selfish love, would actually be romantic love for the most part. Tends to be, especially on this planet, right? You know, I'm talking planet Earth tends to be on, on the side of a spectrum that is less optimal, right? It um, actually is, it's, an, uh, whereas in friendships, an energetic um, exchange is like almost voluntary, right? Like I want to provide this for you. This is how I add value and this is how you add value to me. In romantic relationships, when they evolve, there is the give and take that's quite forced in a lot of couples. So you have to cook for me because this is what you do. You know, and well, I have to provide because this is what men do, right? And it's the have to and must and need to as opposed to I want to do these things for you. And that's why it's quite conditional. And that's why it's quite selfish, right? I hmm. am with a partner because I expect them to do X, Y, and Z for me. Also because I am afraid of being alone or I'm afraid of these, that, and the other thing. So a lot of romantic love is actually either fear-based or based on like what kind of, what can I get out of the relationship, right? So that's pretty much the, when you talk about love in 3D, this is the range that you go through and everything in between. Um, I would make a caveat that um, there is another type of pure love that humans are experiencing that I would call quite selfless, 
which is the love towards your pet. Uh, specifically, dogs and cats tend to evoke the type of what you, you know, you would might refer to that as unconditional love. I refer to that as a selfless love on planet because outside of, you know, being loved back or, you know, being a companion, there's only so much your pet can do for you. And so it actually brings up the best in humanity. And so a lot of humans that either struggle with the concept of love or came here to experience love, but, you know, maybe haven't either are not succeeding with their current partner or would like to experience another facet of love would get a dog so that they can, you know, get um, closer to that vibration of selfless love that they came here to learn. Hmm. That's interesting. So you, you teach uh, or you learn first Correct. Like how to <laughs> love a dog. Correct. Right. And then and then the dogs, um, you know, they're they're quite loving animals. Right. And they reciprocate things really, really well. And um, this relationship that, you know, a good dog owner and the dog have amongst each other, it's like the perfect parent child relationship, actually. Well, the parents does things for the child, um, you know, without expecting much in return and loves the child the way they are, you know, whether they misbehave or not, whether they like rip their furniture and, you know, make a mess on the floor, right? The dog is still being loved, but then the dog really gives that back. And that could be one of the only ways for human being to experience that selfless love back right yeah because mothers for instance are not experiencing that they're experiencing the one-sided selfless love right like they love their child but they shouldn't really expect that backwards sometimes it happens very often it doesn't right right so it's a one-sided type of experience if you want to experience the other side you can get a a pet (laughs) that's really cool Okay, so, and moving forward, um, why can't so many people find love? I was looking at the statistics and around 50% of American marriages uh, end up, like, they go through the divorce process. Um, It's a lot. Like, what, what are the reasons why people... I guess not why they go for the divorce, but why they cannot find love. So what you're asking is actually a complex question, not from the standpoint that it's hard to respond, but because it's um, it has a lot of facets to it. Mm-hmm. So when somebody goes through the divorce, it doesn't mean that they didn't find love. That means they didn't keep love. And those are very different situations right those are very different phenomena also we have to take into account that love is not always meant to be kept uh, love sometimes is meant to be experienced for a short period of the period of time so that you know you could also experience the lack of it or the absence of it and then the occasional comeback right so a lot of people go through cycles and a marriage is a marriage, but let's look at this phenomenon through a broader context of relationships, hmm. right? Because 
you know, a marriage is just like one way of calling a relationship, right? Um, dating is another way of calling like a relationship or like the boy, boyfriend, girlfriend type, right? Yeah. Now, most people actually experience love more than once in their lifetime. Now, it might not be mutual, might be unrequited. It doesn't mean they don't experience it. Hmm. That is also an experience. That's very true, right? So this love can be very swift. Correct. And it's still love, right? And there are different facets of love. There are different, you know, there is love that just is supposed to be there like a fling, right? Yeah. Or like a summer romance. When you go on vacation, you fall in love and you really feel in love for two weeks and then you don't when you go back home. Because huh. the energies change and you're no longer the same person that you were on vacation. Maybe your guards are up. Maybe you're, I don't know, back on, you know, at work. Priorities change, etc. So when you're saying why people cannot find love, it is a complex question because the answers are so plentiful, right? So I'll try to unpack it as yeah. best as I can, but it's really hard to overgeneralize here. What would be the main reasons, the top reasons? Why people can't find love or why they can't keep it. Uh, I guess cannot find because cannot keep it. I think it's a very different topic. Yeah. The reason we went to cannot keep is because you started talking about divorce. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I yeah. confused you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't think that you confused me. I think that the planet is confused. The collective consciousness is confused. Hmm. Divorce doesn't mean the absence of love, by the way. Right. It just means that the two souls reach a particular point in time where they're no longer serving each other or one, like the relationship doesn't work for one of the two individuals. And so the contract ends and the marriage is a contract, right? Mm -hmm. So why can't people find love? I would say if I were to try to overgeneralize is most people cannot find love because they first and foremost like i said the energy of love is the energy of magnetism and the energy of magnetism and of course now let, let's talk about the concept of true love right because again like people fall in love all the time but feelings that are meaningful and feelings that last is a whole other can of soup now if we talk about true love uh before you can attract true love, you need to be in the vibrations of love, right? To put that uh, energy of magnetism into motion. A lot of people cannot find love because they don't experience love for themselves. For you to be able to attract your one true love, or one of your true loves, doesn't really matter, right? Because however many true loves you're supposed to have really depends on your soul journey and, and how your higher self plan this incarnation. Some higher selves plan an incarnation with zero true loves, and that is an intention. And other higher selves plan an incarnation with 10. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just, you know, what you're meant to learn. Now, going back to my original statement, you cannot find true love because you're not able to magnetize that. The law of attraction doesn't work. 
because a lot of people actually don't experience love for themselves. What they experience is a feeling of, I'm not enough. Um, there's something wrong with me. Um, I am this imperfect creature, so low confidence and self-esteem levels. And so they cannot really attract somebody that's good for them. They can only attract somebody. So basically it's a journey, right? Like every human goes through a journey of not being able to attract. Like a journey starts at the point of I'm not able to love myself and thus I'm not able to attract my true love. And then there are many in-between stops and the final destination is, wow, now I am whole. I feel good in my own skin. I am okay actually with being alone because I know what I want and I know who I am and I appreciate every cell in my body and I'm perfect the way I am. At that point, they can find and meet their true love. Now, and then, of course, the, the journey, the arc that you have to go through from point A to point B is through attracting all of the different beings into your life that you would momentarily fall in love with. It would it feel like love. And the reason that you attract this particular person in your life is because it is another, it unlocks another step on this path. And the step is you are attracting whatever you're vibrating at in a partner. So you might attract somebody who is like uh, a mirror image of what's wrong with you or a hint of what's wrong with you. For instance, if um, there is a woman that has the victim complex, she's going to attract an abuser. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Or vice versa, right? Now, she's not, like it's not a victim attracting a victim, right? But it is the same, it's the, the two sides of the same coin. The energy frequency is the same. The abuser and the victim have the same frequency. The slave and the slave owner have the same frequency. The, the, the victim of murder and the murderer have the same frequency. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, you know, on your path, on your arc to finding your true love, you know, which can only happen at your place of whole, wholesomeness, you're going to find and you're going to meet teachers. Um teachers that are going to teach you all the ways that you're not whole so that you can make a conscious choice or subconscious choice or both to move on to the next step of this process which is unlocking that next crack that you need to heal right now a lot of people get stuck in a particular with a particular predicament for incarnations <laughs> right this victim uh, situation victim slash you know the abuser is something that a lot of souls on this planet have been stuck with for quite some time thousands of years throughout all kinds of different incarnations and then they've attracted that in every possible situation they've attracted that in a romantic partner they've attracted that in a parent they've attracted that in a child they've attracted that in their teacher they've attracted that in their um, best friend in their sister brother all of it right and they just like keep living that victim archetype up until they are able to heal that wound of i'm not good enough to not be a victim move on to the next level 
right? Yeah. All of these relationships are, are love-based relationships, or should I say attachment-based relationships. You always have an attachment to your parent, whether you love them or you don't. You always have an attachment to your best friend. You always have an attachment to your child, whether you love them or you don't. Is that clear? That's very clear. Okay. Yes. So the true path to love, or should I say the path to true love, is healing and getting from the place of right now to the place of wholeness where you feel 100% comfortable with who you are and you feel enough. Enough to be loved truly for who you are. Mm. What happens up until that point is people settle. So you always settle until you find your true love. And again, that might span incarnations. <laughs> they settle for a lesson instead of the real deal. And truly, that's the only thing that you could attract is a lesson up until you get to that place of whole wholesomeness. <laughs> that's very interesting. So um, basically, let's say um, a soul wants to live this life and uh, there are souls that have mm, kind of a partner that is true love, but you cannot attract this person because of your own problems. Or, for example, there is a soul that doesn't even have one on their path, right? Yes. And they're totally fine with that. Well, the reason you wouldn't have... Um, so let's, let's talk about the concept of, uh, soulmates. Um, when I say true love on your planet, it's often called soulmates. You probably, you've probably heard of the concept of like meeting the one. There is that concept. There is like the one for you and everybody else is not the one. And then a lot of people spend so many years looking for the one and then they, might never find the one yeah I, I think that the concept of the one is very strong in Absolutely. the society right now because yeah. everybody is looking for the one well, and the reason they're looking for the one is because it's the finish line of the arc of love by the way at that time where you meet the one true love not only you are you at the finish destination of romantic love you're also ironically at a place where love is at its most selfless so all of the in-between states are selfish loves. <laughs> or it's like, what's in it for me and what's in it for you is actually healing. Yet another crack in your body. And generally the healing happens mutually. So if one partner healed it, chances are the other healed it at least a little bit as well. So they both raise their frequency collectively. Both the victim and the abuser, if the relationship is played out in the right way, raise their frequency. Because both are going through the cycle and both desperately want to get out of the cycle, right? Neither one of them believes that this is the relationship of like the one sort. Like they know it's not the real deal. Make no mistake. Hmm. Both of them are suffering in that relationship, not just one person. That being said, so this concept of um, the one or true love, however you want to call it, um, soulmate, is a perfect unity between two beings that are fully integrated in their ability to receive and give love 
right? Freely, without an attachment. So that relationship can, um, can be called, um, yeah, selfless or maybe unconditional love, if, if that's what you prefer, right? That, can no, that is no longer an attachment. But that is the destination, right? And I think that in some of the past episodes, we've already discussed the fact that to learn to love in, in these frequencies is one of the greater challenges for all beings on planet Earth, like relationships and love in particular, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. the heart center, uh, being able to love yourself, being able to love a partner, being able to love all the creatures around you, your planet, your you know motherland, all of it, right? And, and we can get to that, but like, let's look at romantic love for a quick second. So you, you asked earlier, basically, is it possible that this, the one doesn't exist for you? And the answer is absolutely. There are many people that, let, let me explain it another way. Let's go back to the arc, right? So the arc of where you are today towards a place within you, your being, where you can attract your soulmate. Say that's a hundred steps. Um, and say you are a soul that's now at step number two. Chances are you're not going to be able to move past 98 steps in one incarnation. It just doesn't happen. This type of movement just doesn't exist. So when your higher self is planning an incarnation for you, it's not going to create a contract with another higher self to be your true love. Because chances of you bypassing the 98 challenging uh, points is non-existent the the chances are zero pretty Mm. much now for souls that are towards the final stretch that are in the final stretch like step 90 something um higher self would always put in like a person that if you know that if basically if the progress of the lower self of the incarnated self is fast enough then they would get a chance to meet the one, that they would get a chance to find that soulful connection that feels real and feels like recognition, feels like ancient knowing and just feels so good. And then when you meet that person, there is, um, so prior to that, right? Prior to getting to that point, you're experiencing love in a very horizontal frame yes you're moving from selfish to selfless but it's horizontal movement from left to right as soon as we as soon as you unite with your um soulmate that movement becomes vertical so there's a vertical axis that is being formed for that couple and egregore of that couple and you can experience love that is interdimensional together Hmm. now soul um these kinds of like uh, soul relationships they're never easy because uh, it's like interdimensional travel like you really have to be able to lift up as a couple Uh, but it is a relationship of a lot of unconditional love using your terminology and it's a relationship of a lot of growth and that growth is vertical 
And that is a very, very fascinating place to be on, on planet Earth because not a lot of things get you into the interdimensional level. But because selfless love that is mutual, right? Mm. By the way, mother-son, like a mother-daughter, is not that way. That's why it's not able to create a vertical axis of love. But because love is the fabric of the universe or part of the fabric of the universe, right? Experiencing that feeling, that vibration, that frequency in a way that was intended by source energy makes you interdimensional beings and an interdimensional couple. Hmm. I see what and you mean. can have interdimensional children, <laughs> <laughs> right? So that is the love that brings um, to planet Earth like some of the most evolved souls as in the form of children right that you know or teachers healers and you know everything that this planet needs there is another form of unconditional love sorry i'm going to just say something yeah. mm -hmm. um when we when we talk about the mother child relationship another form of unconditional love is the love that nature or planet earth gaia experiences towards human beings that is an example of motherly love that is 1 billion percent unconditional. Now, of course, as we know, this is a love that goes one way and not the other, because look at how humans are treating their mother. As I understand, this love is uh, unconditional, like from the son to a human. Correct. From the creator to a human. Correct. Right. From the higher forces. To Correct. The because they're higher dimensional. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, higher dimensional really means that they went through the cycle of ascension. Mm -hmm. They went through experiencing the lack of and experiencing love being conditional. They passed the test. They went through the arc. They remerged on the other side. They ascended. Now they're able to share that resource, which they do have freely with everyone else. Mm hmm. That's in the way that humans don't have that resource yet. Yeah, that's why, for example, if one says nobody loves me, look at the nature, look at the sun, <laughs> they love you. Yes, but for somebody that says nobody loves me, they need to start with themselves. What they're really saying is I don't love I me. don't love myself. Yeah. So that is the true message of nobody loves me. Hmm. And that is the key. Because love is like a vortex. You need to cultivate it. And then it's like a tornado becomes bigger, bigger and bigger, right? Mm -hmm. But it has to start somewhere. It has to start with you. Right. Okay. And uh, for a person who intentionally wants to find love, right? So I intentionally, I'm looking for love intentionally. What would... What advice would you give to this person? How can one find this love? Well, first of all, most human beings embark on finding love intentionally. <laughs> Hardly anyone stumbles upon it by accident. Look at all the dating websites. All the people intentionally looking for some form of attachment uh, or love. Um, what advice would I give them? The irony of it is there is no other advice other than find all the ways that you don't love yourself and get busy <laughs> fixing that. 
Because as soon as, like again, it is so much from within. Because up until you fix your cracks and your holes and, and your dark spots, I mean, you'll just keep attracting the next teacher, right? And by the way, teachers are not that hard to come by. Because if you're vibrating at a particular frequency, you know, the, the strength of that vibration tends to be pretty robust. So it will attract someone to you. Now, of course, and, and by the way, like you attract people at your level, you attract your mirrors. And then when they come to your life, they're like, well, that's not the one that I was searching for. That's not the one that I, that I want. Well, this is the one that you deserve. This is the one that you need. So take him or her <laughs> and do with it what you can. Because, you know, there are two ways, right? Really, like the shortcut way is to do the inner work and the inner healing and the self-help and to dig deep into trauma, including ancestral trauma, to dig deep into like, and, and some of like really, really good um, telling points are your, any disease that you have is a hint at which part of you is not experiencing love or, you know, is, is not vibrating at a high enough frequency, right? So all of these, like whatever disease you might have is a hint. Okay. Like if you want to go within and fix something, start here, right? Mm -hmm. So that's path number one. And ironically, this is the shortcut. Yeah. And then the arc is the long way. The arc is going out there, meeting people, getting into relationships, getting into marriages and going from point zero to point 100. There's really no other way, ironically. Hmm. Now, the first part is a shortcut. Most hmm. people are going to select the second part. Now, for the first one, right? You, yes, you, you, uh, you made a point earlier, like, look, nobody loves you, like the sun loves you and the earth loves you. Like, if you want to experience start experiencing love for yourself and like you're embarking on that first path, you know, studying and observing humans that have achieved it or have it could be helpful because uh, you would be able to mirror their frequency, whether looking at mothers and their children that have a loving relationship or looking at couples that you perceive to be you know, um, soulmate type of relationships and just soaking in that energy could be helpful, right? But that's more for inspiration. Uh, it could also actually be helpful to have your own children because they're great teachers for you in that sense. Getting a pet or getting a child. <laughs> as as, as, as funny as that sounds, right? Um, and that's why actually having a child is very often a very selfish act, right? Because you're like, okay, well, I'll, I'll be able to learn things and you will be, right? So that's another shortcut. That's as, as like, as far as general advice is concerned, that's the best I can do. Yeah. I was also reading about different tribal cultures and they had certain ways to find each other, like different rites, rituals, some kind of stuff. Uh, 
seems like it's just really hard to reproduce in the this modern world and it's not necessary one thing that you have to understand is in tribal culture is the options for people were super limited mm-hmm. and um we already know that likes attracts like or like the opposites attract like both and when they say the opposites attract it's the same thing as like attracts like because i told you those are the same energy it, they feel opposite but it's part of the same frequency part of the same the same frequency of vibration. Hmm. So in tribal cultures, their options were limited, right? There were not as many people and not as many because people were really limited by physical proximity. So the rituals that you speak of, you know, were a little bit more helpful. Now there were even more rituals that were arranged marriages and arranged relationships. And, you know, that's quite literally a higher power is assigning a partner to you and more often than not you would be assigned a teacher not really the soul mate obviously but that's what most people need they need more teachers sure they need to maybe stop looking for the one and and just you know being ready that it's going to be one of many <laughs> that's <laughs> going to be their relationship yeah they say don't don't look for mr right look for mr right now because really that's all you can do for like 99% of humanity. Mm-hmm. You can only look for Mr. and Mrs. or Miss right now because they don't have actually a soulmate available on, on the earthly plane. Um, also in the modern world, yeah. Yeah, I was going to actually say, so mm-hmm. um, because, um, just to finish answering your question, in the tribal cultures, because people were limited by proximity, they had to rely on the elements to help connect them, right? Even if they were at least a little bit remote, like neighboring villages, right? Right. Today, that is not the case. The internet connects everybody. You literally can meet a people, a person that is on the other side of the globe from you based on the frequency and energy that you felt from your iPhone app. So from this perspective, the energy is going to carry you to whoever you need to meet either way without the ritual. Because actually getting on a dating app is a ritual. (laughs) It's just the modern day ritual. Making a profile, putting a picture together is a ritual. Making a New Year's resolution, I want to meet my soulmate or whatever is the resolution or I want to find love is a ritual. So make no mistake there are so many rituals that humans make on a, like all the time that they have that they don't recognize as rituals that would bring them to that next lesson or and eventually to their soulmate hmm. that makes sense modern rituals yes mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta evolve with the times right <laughs> All right, that's that's great. That was an amazing uh, episode. Thank you so much for sharing this information uh, with us today. Now I'm going to end our session. I'm very grateful for the information you provided us today. I'm asking the higher self to resist to where it belongs. With much love and much thanks for the help and information that has been given Maria today. I know that our listeners are really going to appreciate it. Now, I want all the consciousness and personality of Maria 
to once again return and fully integrate back into the body completely.